This episode of On the Record is brought to you by Ingersoll Tillage, specializing in seedbed solutions. Whatever seedbed challenges you have, Ingersoll can give you the right tools to get the job done. For more information, visit IngersollTillage.com. I'm technology editor Jack Semlicka. We're at the SEMA Agribusiness Show in Paris, France. Welcome to On the Record. Here's a look at what's currently impacting the egg equipment industry. For the first time in nearly three years, the Dealer Optimism Index showed a positive number according to Ag Equipment Intelligence's latest dealer sentiments and business conditions update. The Dealer Optimism Index measures sentiment among dealers compared to the prior month. In January, a net 11% of dealers reported being more optimistic. This compares to a net 9% being less optimistic in December. While sentiment has been improving over the last few months, this was the first positive reading since March 2014 when a net 3% of dealers were more optimistic. A year ago in January, a net 31% of dealers reported being less optimistic. This week's Dealers on the Move is Atlantic Tractor. The Colby Group, a private investment firm, and Seamlev Investments have acquired a majority interest in Atlantic Tractor, an 11-store John Deere dealership group. McColby has exclusive rights to market and service the brand's agriculture and turf products throughout Delaware, Eastern Maryland, and Southeastern Pennsylvania. Back from the SEMA show in Paris, here's Jack Zemlicka with the latest from the Technology Corner. Thanks, Kim. Last week, I had the opportunity to attend the 2017 SEMA Agribusiness Show in Paris and observe some of the global trends shaping the future of the agricultural market. With more than 1,700 companies from more than 40 different countries in attendance, there was no shortage of innovation on display. Here are a few of the highlights from this year's show. The theme of the 2017 show was being a farmer in 10 years. And there was a clear emphasis on forecasting what the future of farming may look like, both from a machinery and technology standpoint. Several companies showcased remote control robotic vehicles designed to perform repetitive field tasks in a variety of cropping systems. Though each was unique in its concept, the robots shared similar designs and that each was lightweight, mobile, and versatile. It will be interesting to see if more of these companies emerge both in Europe and North America in the coming years. Another conceptual design that debuted at SEMA was John Deere's electric tractor. The Sustainable Energy Supply for Agricultural Machinery, or CSAM model, is the ag industry's first fully battery-powered tractor. The tractor frame is based on the manufacturer's 6R series, and the battery pack retains a charge for four hours is designed to last for 3,100 charging cycles and has a maximum output of 400 horsepower. According to Deere representatives at the SEMA show, the prototype tractor is at least four to five years away from commercial production. Back to you, Kim. Thanks, Jack. In February, Brazilian ag equipment factory shipments were up significantly, according to Ann Deegan, analyst with J.P. Morgan. Total tractor factory shipments in Brazil were 2,624 units, up 38% year-over-year and up 64% in 2017 year-to-date. Combine shipments were up 38% year-over-year as well, at 442 units. Agco, CNH Industrial, and John Deere are all forecasting sales in South America to be up anywhere from 10-20% to 20% in 2017. 
Deegan says, we caution that pre-builds have a tendency to drag on beyond expected deadlines. However, underlying demand appears to have improved on the back of decent fundamentals for soybean and sugar producers in Brazil, which we would expect to result in further growth in 2017. Kubota recently reported its year-end revenues and three-year outlook. Here's editorial associate Diana Dombrowski with more details. Thanks, Kim. On February 20th, Kubota announced its 2016 revenues of $14.8 billion. In the farm and industrial machinery segment, revenues for the year were $11.2 billion, a decrease of about 5% from 2015. This was due partly to the slow agriculture market in North America, the company says. Overseas sales for farm equipment were down $523.3 million due to a drought in Thailand and stagnation in the North American ag market. Kubota's sales of compact tractors in the U.S. grew during 2016, which the company attributes to steady growth of the economy and the housing market, along with strong sales promotion activities. However, the U.S. market for mid-sized tractors remains weak. While Kubota says the scale of the decline is shrinking, severe competition in the sector continues. Looking ahead, Kubota continues to work toward building a major global brand. Over the last three years, the manufacturer has introduced its 170-horsepower M7 series of tractors and acquired tillage and planter manufacturer Great Plains. In the next three years, the company plans to put large-scale agricultural machinery business on track as soon as possible. This includes evolving from the number one manufacturer of rice cultivation machinery in Asia to the world's top-class comprehensive manufacturer of agriculture equipment. Kubota's plans include establishing a business base for its M7 series, developing a tractor series over 170 horsepower, and responding to the movement toward precision farming. Back to you, Kim. Thanks, Diana. The Association of Equipment Manufacturers Executive Ag Infrastructure Panel met to discuss the infrastructure needs impacting the ag industry at the National Farm Machinery Show in February. Leif Magnuson, chair of AEM's Infrastructure Vision 2050 initiative and president of Class Global Sales America, shared some insights on the shift in focus to some of the ag industry's needs. Magnuson said one of the goals is to keep organizations competitive in both domestic and global markets. The initiative shifts focus from infrastructure as we already know it to evolving technologies like broadband. Some of the needs uh, that we are talking about is just good old uh, uh, infrastructure like uh, highways, rails, waterways. Uh, and, and certainly there's a lot of work that needs to be done in, in those three areas. But on the other hand, new technology is uh, uh, escalating in uh, the way we do business, the way we are building our machines. And I'm specifically now talking about uh, broadband uh, technology or broadband availability in the rural areas. Magnuson said 17% of the U.S. population doesn't have access to broadband technologies. While 50% of the population in rural communities has access to broadband, it is much slower technology of only about 25 megabits per second. With the introduction of telematics and agriculture equipment, today's machines are not only made up of parts that talk to each other, but machines are also communicating with other machines. This system of machines creates data farmers need to make the right decisions. Broadband access is crucial to be able to share the data with trusted partners like agronomists or chemical experts to build prescription maps, Magnuson said. He also noted traditional infrastructure issues like highways, rails, and waterways are still in need of attention as well. And now from the Implement and Tractor Archives. 
The first motorized lawnmower made its debut in 1902 and was the 20th century alternative to the horse-driven and steam-powered mowers. The mower was 8 feet long and weighed 1.25 tons. Developed in England, the Ransom drivable mower cost 137 pounds when it was introduced, the equivalent of 15,000 pounds or a little over $18,000 today. Given the high cost, only the rich could initially afford the machines, and chauffeurs who were tasked with tending to their master's lawn drove them. As always, we welcome your feedback. You can send comments and story suggestions to kschmidt at lessermedia.com. Until next time, thanks for joining us.